Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We are living in a world today where the glory of God needs to be shown and the only how they're going to see it because it's not tangible is through us. How we live, what we say. We have been taught for so many years that money is the root of all evil. Don't get, don't even be friend with someone who have money. When God is saying, I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. The Bible says he created everything. Without him, nothing would have been created. Everything. And he did not create anything that was bad. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Amen. This morning, I want to touch a little bit on the... um, I don't want to get off the topic. I want to stay on the same series as what Pastor Mark started restoring the glory restoring the glory and i had i I took a minute ago to look up the word restore uh, yeah i took a minute to to look up the word restore and uh, biblical the bible definition it's not on the screen it won't be on the screen it says Restoring, restoration is to receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final statement is greater than the original condition, which means that you're receiving more than what you have lost. Restore, restore the glory. Um, First of all, there's so many, so many people today are still there thinking or they believe that there is no love in the world. First of all, how can we describe um, God? He's not a man. He's not flesh and blood. He, um, the Bible said, according to the word of God, that he is a spirit, and anyone who worship him must worship him in spirit and in, tr- in truth. So how do we describe God? We can describe God through love. By our action of love, we can show what God looks like. But by our compassion, by being compassion, compassionate, we can show what God looks like. And if you're telling me that there is no love in this world, it's basically you saying that God is dead. Because he lives in every one of us, and we, if he lives in us, which means that there's love in us. It's like if you look at this room right now, it's like taking all the chairs out of this room and then saying, well, there's no place to sit. You can sit on the ground, that's still a place to sit. There, there will always be a place to sit. It's the same thing with love, with God. God will always be in this world. But I want to take a journey through the scripture. I want to go through the Bible and I want to pull out a few scriptures so that we can, let's talk about the origination of what God has created, what God has given man. Because today, even today, people are saying what well, provision, jobs. There is no jobs. There is no place to live. There's none of this. There There is everything that we need. The Bible says everything pertaining to life and godliness has already been prepared for us. There there is no shortage of anything. If If we are really looking at it from a godly perspective, there is no shortage of anything. Because first of all, God said that I will supply all of your needs. And the scripture also said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. 
So which means that there is no shortage. If God is infinite, if he is the creator of everything, if he is the mold, you know what a mold is. Like if you're beating blocks, you, some of us, we build um, houses from blocks, that concrete blocks, and you have that mold that you build those blocks with. You have your sand, you have your water, you have your um, the gravel, and you mixed everything together. You put it in that mold, and you beat it together, compact it, and then you have a block. It's like the mold is what created all this block. So God is like the mold. He created everything, which means that there is no shortage of anything. So we're going to start from, um, and I want to continue on the same, um, along the same line, restoring your glory, but using the subtopic, uh, subtitle, imitating the Father. I want to talk about imitating the Father. Because it says in Ephesians 5 and 1, it's not there yet. Ephesians 5 and 1 remind us that we should imitate God in everything that we do. In everything that we do, we should imitate God. So let us look at the word imitation. And we can put it on the screen now. And first of all, I want to thank you guys for joining us online. Online, we want to thank you. Let us welcome our online viewers. We can't forget about them. They are so valuable to us. They are, so, they are part of this family. They are part of this network, so we love you guys, and we can't forget about you. So we want to thank you for joining us today. I am Minister Nelson. Pastor Nelson, on behalf of Pastor Mark and Pastor Samiko, I want to thank you guys for joining us again. So we're going to start with uh, looking at the word imitation. We're going to talk a little bit today. Let us, let us converse a little bit today. It's not going to be a lot of shouting and jumping, but let us talk. Let us reason together. The word imitation, what does imitation mean? First of all, number one, to follow as a pattern, model, or to be an example. Number two, it can be to be or appear like, to resemble something. When we talk about imitate. Number three, it can be to produce a copy or to re reproduce, to keep producing, keep producing. We have to imitate God. The Bible said to imitate God, which means that we have to be like him. We have to re resemble him. We have to be that example. We have to produce like him. Reproduce. You reproduce. I've heard people say, you look just like your father. You imitate your father so much. You talk like your father. You walk like your father. But in actuality, me, myself, and my father, we are two different people. But we still have the, I still have the characteristics of my father. And sometimes you even see husband and wife, after a while they begin to look like each other. <laughs> after, after 50 years of marriage, it looked like they began to grow on each other, which is a good thing. Because if they had made it to 50 years, which means that there's something good there. So we're talking about restoring the glory and God wants us to imitate him. Because when I look around the world today, and I've seen so many things that happen. And even me, myself, I have to change my thinking. I have to change what I'm saying. Because I used to say, well, there is not enough money in the world for us, for all of us to have. There is not enough substance. There is not enough things. But yet I'm reading the word of God and I'm saying God is infinite and in everything that he has. He owns everything and he cannot run out. So why am I confessing and saying those things? Why am I having those thoughts as if there is not enough? And, and then when we begin to think along that line, it begins to produce so much pressure in our life that we begin to make bad mistakes, wrong choices. 
But when we understand what God has prepared for us from the beginning, and it's still there, and, and the Bible says, heaven and earth were passed away before my word does not come to pass, which means that what he says in the past have to happen. It have to happen. Whether we like it or not, it says in the last days, some going to be lovers of themselves, some going to be disrespectful, and some people are saying, well, I don't understand why this and this has happened, but the Bible said it's going to happen. It's not that he's commanded it to happen to you, but because of the choices that he know people are going to make, he know that they're going to do that. He know that they're going to walk away, even though he have all that he wanted them to have, they're going to still go and look for something else. So let us, let us start from uh, the book of uh, Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read a little bit because I want us to kind of paint, I want to paint a picture so that we can get into the real, the reason why we're going to restore the glory. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1 it says, in the beginning God created heaven and, uh, and the earth. And the earth w was without void, without form and void. And the earth was without form and void, which means that it was like a blank canvas. He's starting from scratch, a blank canvas. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. He began to create something special for man. It's like you having a blank canvas. You're painting a picture. And what's, what you've seen in the inside mentally, your imagination, you begin to paint. He's seen these things. He began to paint. He wanted to create this. He have in his, in, his, in his mind, he's preparing for us. We are coming into the game. We are coming into play. So he's preparing all this. He said, he, he began to, he moved on the face of the earth. The earth was without void. And he said, let there be light first of all, because there was total darkness. And verse 4 said, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. Let's go on to another one. Verse 9, and then, these scriptures are not going to go in order as it is in the Bible. We skipped over, I skipped over a few just for time's sake. But if you go back and you read Genesis 1, you will still get the same picture. Verse 9 says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together and in, unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and gathered together the waters, and called, the, and called he seas. And God saw that it was good again. He finished it what he was doing, and he, saw, he said it was good. And if God said it was good, it was satisfactory. It was good. And verse 11 said, and God said, let the earth bring forth, bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. In other words, he is making provision now. Even in the seed, in the tree, the seed, there is fruit that is producing. The tree is producing fruit. And in the fruit, there is more seed. More seed. So you can see abundance right there. If you look at the tomatoes, to some people, a tomato is just a, a part of a salad. Just another something that you add to a salad. For some people, they're, they're looking at the bling. Because 
the man who is looking at the bling, he's looking at I can get a, a little pot and I can cut half, I can use half a salad, and the other half I'm gonna take the seeds and I'm gonna drop them in the soil, and next thing you know, he have 15 or 20 different tomatoes plant that produce another 100 tomatoes. And guess what, he began to sell. So in the seed itself, in the tree there's seed, that inside the seed there's more seed that will produce fruit for a harvest. Verse 12 says, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yield, the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Just like a coconut tree, a mango tree. You could go under a mango tree and you could pick up another seedling and plant that, you know, you have another mango tree. You could go under the coconut tree. And you could pick up another seedling, another coconut that has fallen from the tree, and you have another coconut tree. Inside that, that tree, that first seed that was planted, the tree comes up, and on those seeds, on those fruits up there, there's other seeds in there that will create, that will produce more seeds. So God continued to provide for man every day. He made, he began to make provision for man coming into the world. He, be, he began to make provision. And you see how he's doing it so beautiful, so wonderful. Verse 20 says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly, not just a little bit, abundantly, the moving creature that had life and fowl that, make, that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly. So he wasn't just pro um, providing a little bit of this and that for us, abundant life. From the beginning, it was abundance. He wants you to have the best. He wants you to have as much as you can. He wants everyone to have as much as possible. And you see, some people might say that's greed. But to me, that's growth. Because now I'm thinking about you. I'm not just thinking about myself. If I grab two, I want you to have one. I'm bringing one home so that you could have one. Amen. But some people say, well, that is just greed. Why do you want to take two? But you see, the man who takes one, all he's thinking about himself. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself. But because I love you and I know you're in need, I will take two because there's more than enough for everybody to have. But some will leave, leave it there even if it's spoiled and not concerned about their neighbors. And the Bible said we should be concerned about each other. Verse uh, 21. Yeah, 21. Let me start at 21. And God created great, great whales and every living creature that moved which the water brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good again. It pleases him. Wow. I'm preparing this for my, my, my child, my family. I'm preparing this for those who is about to come on in. And verse 22 said, and God blessed them. He blessed all that he has um, already made. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. So all from the beginning. God is providing all this for man. And he's saying within his word, if he doesn't do this, he said, heaven and earth will pass away if, before my word doesn't come to pass. 
Verse 20 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that, that, uh, that had life and fowl that may, be, that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the earth. No, we read that already. Let's go back to the other one. Let's go over. Yes, there we are, 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and the beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Verse 25, and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God said, this was good. Again, he's preparing for man. Let's go to the next one. After he prepared all of that, and he saw that it was good, now he's getting ready for mankind. He's getting ready to prepare for mankind from the beginning so that it will flow all the way down to us. And that's why he, he made that statement to replenish. But we're going to get to that. And verse 25 says, let me keep up with you. Verse 26, no. Yeah. Yeah, verse 26, I'm sorry. Verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. In his, in his, in his image. God wants men to be like him. After, and after, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female, created he them. And what he did? And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over all the fishes in the sea, all the fishes of the sea, and over all the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. God has given into man's hand. All this wonderful thing that he has created that he said it was good. And if God said it was good, there's excellence in that. But God placed it in man's hand. And God has given man a charge to replenish it, to subdue it. I want you to keep it going so that when the next generation comes, there is more than enough for them. And when the next generation comes, there is more than enough for them. And when the next generation comes, there is more than enough. But yet man is sitting back and said there is not enough. There is not enough. And look at this, verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he has made, and behold, it was not just good this time, but it was very good. Amen. Very good. And if God said it was very good, which means that he done a very good job. And that was the evening, that was the end of that day. Now, we are talking about restoring the glory. We are talking about restoring God's glory. God has created something that is so majestic, something that is so beautiful, something that is so full of life. And he has given it into man's hand. And when, um, according to the scripture, when Adam and Eve was deceived, 
It, there was, a, dis, there, there was a, a, a separation between God and man. Have you ever seen a, a bottle of uh, cooking oil? Not the regular one in the store, because that one has so much uh, um, additives in there that it was just, it was stand up for 50 years. <laughs> but I'm talking about the real thing, the real deal that the local make, the coconut oil. When they make the coconut oil and then they pour it into the bottle, it is in its liquid state. But after a while, after a couple of hours, when it cooled down, it just go to sleep. It just hardened up into a solid state. And for you to get that oil out of that bottle, you have to put it over some kind of a heat uh, in some hot water and let it dissolve again. So you see, when Adam and Eve did what they did, when that thing happened, it was like everything just came to a standstill. You see, the robot, it just stopped. But God's word did not stop. He wanted the earth to be replenished, to be subdued. He wanted man to have control over everything. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ like the warmer into place to restore that glory, to show men how to restore what they are saying, that there is not enough. We don't have enough. There is no more healing taking place. There's no more, there, there's no more love. They look at man. They look at each one of them. They look at each one of us and say, well, there is no good person in this world. Everyone is crooked. They look at, they can't see the love of God in you. They can't see God in you. They can't see you as the person. They can't see the true you. All they can identify with is this. The face, the flesh, and the color. But they don't understand their true identity as a child of God, the spiritual, the, the spiritual part of them. That they can speak to the mountains, that they can speak to the sickness and disease, that they can call those things which are not as though they are and replenish the glory of God to restore that glory because from the beginning there was no sickness and disease there was no lack there was no poverty no one was living God created everything and everything he created said and it was good and verse 31 said and God saw everything that he created it was very good which means that there was more than enough for all of us and go to the next um, verse the next slide let us look at this word glory. The most common use of the word glory in the Bible is to describe the splendor, holiness, and majesty of God. Glory. When we do something, the Bible said, uh, don't get tired of well-doing. Continue to do good. Let your light so shine that men will see your good works. And what they're going to do? Glorify the Father which is in heaven. Because they got, they're looking at the man of God. They're looking at God. They're seeing God in you. When you stand there, like the Bible said, as an ambassador, when you stand there talking to another person, when you're witnessing to them, it's like Christ himself standing there. They're seeing the glory of God. But most people are thinking that the glory has disappeared. But it is like that bottle of oil. It is just asleep. It needs to be awakening us. Our true identity needs to be awakening us. We need to be awakened to who we truly are. Yes, yes. Men forget that they are a creator. They are co-creators with God. God has given them the authority to replenish, to subdue, to continue his works. Jesus said, that if you believe in me, the works that you do, I do, that you will do these works also and even greater works. 
We are the one who is restoring the glory. When you see a dry place in someone's life, in your life, can you pray? Can you see that person? If it's, if it's someone that is fallen, can you see them back, restore back to the place they were when they made, them, when they made that one mistake? Instead of looking at that person and calling him all kinds of names and say he will never amount to anything else. He is no good. He is such and such. Can you see that person rising back to the true identity of who he is? We are the ones. But so many times we, we, we look at ourselves as powerless, as useless. Because we look at the flesh and we identify that's, all, that's who you are. But all you have to do, you, if we can help you to, to come aware of who you truly are, then you'll be able to do those wonderful works, those great works. Let us look at Psalms, Psalms um, 8, and we're getting ready to wrap it up. The next slide, Psalms 8. You see, this psalmist, he saw the glory of God. He saw the beauty of God. He saw what God has done to the point that he had to make such a statement. And this to me is so, it is so powerful. It says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, where, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou, uh, that thou visitest, visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him, this is verse um, 6, it said, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put him, thou hast, thou hast put all things under his feet. Verse 7, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field. Verse 8, the fowl of the air and the fishes of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the path of this sea. O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in the heaven. He's saying, what is man that you give? You have created such wonderful things, and you have given all this into man's hands. You have given such, because he looking at the way he placed the stars and the moons and the, the rivers and the seas and, and the, the, the fishes that he has created. And he gave man to, be, to, to have dominion over all that. He said, you got to really, you, you probably, you have to really love man to give man such a wonderful thing to, to take control of. Like most of us, we won't even allow somebody to drive our new car. Not even if we have it for two years. <laughs> And he has put place all this into the hands of man and give man the commission to replenish, subdue it, keep it going so that my people can have more. Teach them, show them how to call those things. Teach them how to receive. Every man who does not have is because they don't want. Because the Bible plainly said, if you ask, you shall receive. When you seek, you shall find. It is up to each one of us. And we are, when we are, we are living in a world today where the glory of God needs to be shown and the only how they're going to see it because it's not tangible is through us. How we live, what we say. We have been taught for so many years that money is the root of all evil. Don't, get, don't even be friend with someone who have money. 
When God is saying, I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. The Bible says he created everything. Without him, nothing would have been created. Everything. And he did not create anything that was bad. Man took it and then they turned it. There was nothing. There. It's like there's only one power, one knife. I never heard anybody say that I'm going um, to make a, a, a killing knife. All I know, they, well, when they make the knife, somebody name it, it's a, um, a cooking knife or a chef knife, but it's all still the same knife. It's the, <laughs> whether it's a chef knife or a butcher knife or a, a hunting knife, it's still one knife with this, all the different names. There's no difference. Yeah. It's like a cup. You can call it all the names you want, but it's still a cup, a glass. You can got drinking glass, you can have shot glass, it's still a glass. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's still the glass. Amen. Yeah. So there's, to me, there's only one power, which is only the true and living God. Just that one power. There's nothing else. Because if I'm the dominant one in this, if, if no one can beat me in this room, who am I? I'm the champion, right? So the others doesn't, you don't consider the others. Whether they're strong or whether they're weak, there's only one power. And it's only God. So God has given man this opportunity to restore the glory, especially in this time, in this day and age that we're living in, where people are getting discouraged, where people are walking away from things, where people need to see. And most people, like, if they, don't, if they can feel it, touch it, smell it, see it, it doesn't exist. But for us, for our, from our true self, we know that it already exists in, in, in the spiritual before it comes to the physical, just like a chair. The man who created the chair, in his, in, in his imagination, he already seen it. The man who created the car, in his imagination, he already seen it. The man who is holding the tomatoes, in his imagination, he already seen the field. Because he know with all those seeds, all I got to do is to scatter them out. And I'm going to have a whole field of tomatoes, and I'm going to have a whole lot of money. But we have forfeit. The opportunity, and the opportunity is still there. I think we're just not aware of who we are or what, what is available to us. Because the power has not, it is only asleep in us. It's awakened, but it's asleep. As soon as we come to the awareness that of what, who we are and what we are capable of, then we will start to subdue, we'll start to replenish, and we will start to overcome those obstacles there's nothing too hard for us to do. Because even Jesus Christ said, I can't do nothing. We can't do nothing without him. And he is the power. He is God. And once we connect to that power, we can, with God, all things are possible. So when we, the life that we are living, the day that we are living in right now, we should be happy. We should be excited. There's times I have to encourage myself. There's times when I look around and I see some things and I have to not dwell in it for too long. I got to jump out of that very fast, out of that mindset. I thank God for my wife because there's times when I said things that I shouldn't say and she will correct me. And for most men, they have that ego that a wife shouldn't correct you because you're a man. They shouldn't bring certain things to your awareness because you are a man. You should know everything. Well, guess what? If we know everything, think about the burden that we have to bear. If we have to do everything, think about that burden right there. 
it, it, I won't say it's a burden to say, but think about that, that, the responsibility. Think about what you, that, that pressure that will be on you. But we are living in good times. We are living in good times because God is still alive. The power, the word of God is still active. Still active. It's just waiting for us to put it over that fire. To warm it up. So that that liquid can start, that the, the solid can start melt. And then once it melts, then you can pour it out into that pot. And you can start frying some fish. You can start doing some things with that oil. And they even use it to lotion yourself too. <laughs> not that one, not that, uh, what you call it? The, the one in the store. Or whatever. Not that stuff. That makes it smell bad. I'm talking about the real cooking oil that they made from the coconut tree that have so much different purpose. You can cook with it, you can lotion it yourself, you can comb your hair, you can do everything with it and still smell good. But you have to put it over that fire and let it warm, let it dissolve. And it's the same thing with us. The glory is in there, but we have to restore it. We have to awaken it. It is still in this earth. It is up to us. It's like the question is, what do you want? Yeah, they're saying this one lost the job. They're saying this one, something happened over here. He's um, he, he having a uh, uh, mental issue. This one is having that over there. But the, the thing is, even with that, as bad as it might sound, it still can be restored. Because the, the word of God has not lose its power. It has not lose its power. And because God, I'm going to go to John 3, 16. And this is because of God, the compassion of God. This is the heat that he sent. This is the, the substance. This is what he sent for, you, for us to restore the glory with. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Everyone. And Jesus' life was nothing but a teaching, his whole life, his whole ministry was nothing but to teach us, to show us how to restore the glory. He went through some towns and he preached and people had delivered. He touched the, the widow's son and he, and he brought him back to life. He called Lazarus out of that tomb. He's showing us how to wake in those dreams that we have, that we have put back on the shelf. He is showing us how to start those, uh, those businesses, how to use the gift that we have, whether it's for drawing, whether it's for making movies, whatever it is. He's showing us how we can restore the glory of God and replenish it, subdue the world. Because I'm telling you, if you're waiting for someone else to do it, I look at my TV and the things that is coming up on, um, on our network sometimes, I'm like, my, my God, I... We, I thank God that they have it now where you can choose your package. Or else they was going to give you what they want to give you. You don't have no choice. And I thank God for those who have Christian networks that are sending out the word of God. Those who, do, who are making movies. Because when we go home, we want, just want to sit down and replenish. We want to have something in front of our eyes that is good that we can watch with our families and enjoy life. But if we are not doing it, who will? If we are not allowing it to warm us to the point that we're going to make those choices, 
and say, for God I live and for God I die. And I love what Mark Lawrence said. He said, before I sell out, I get out. I'm not going to use the rest. He said, before he sell out, he get out. And before I sell out, before I sell, I sell out to the world, I'm not going to get out. I'm just going to do what God said to do. I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to let the word of God fill my heart. I'm going to let the positive words come out of my mouth because they are like seed. And what you say, what you plant is what you're going to reap. But we all have that commission and it is still valid today to replenish the earth, to subdue it, to take dominion over it and not give in, not allow what we see dictate how we're going to live. Because the minute we do that, we are responsible for our own action and we have to give account for everything that we do and say. So replenish. Restore the glory. It is there for you. So that you and your family can live that life like God, like Jesus said, I came. That you may have life and not just have it, but have abundant life. Abundance of health. Abundance of, of the riches of God. Abundance of patience. Abundance of everything. It is already in you. It's already there. All you have to do, understand is that you, we got to understand, come to that awareness. Know that God lives in you. And if God lives in you, he didn't just give you the shell. He gave you everything that, he, that is consistent for him. Everything. His mind. is Everything is in you. So I want to thank you guys for listening today. I want to thank you guys as we get ready to close and call the bishop of the house back up here. I want to thank you guys again. And remember, you have the choice. The choice is yours. Amen. Amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.